This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Gold. From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele. Our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. What a World Cup for Megan From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair. Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is Kyle Murray. This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. He jumps it himself. Look at him. Back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. He is Houdini. Touchdown. Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. All right, guys, welcome back to the Established Pass Podcast, presented by Clutch Points and our friends at Bet Online. I am your host, Blake Level. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan, and uh, we are back for another fun and exciting edition of the podcast here, and we are basically going to be calling this the true or false edition of the uh, the podcast, because uh, as we always say, Dylan, we're in that point where the 1st of July, normally we'd have a lot more to talk about right now. Uh, when it comes to the NFL, but uh, mostly we're just trying to project whether or not there's going to be a season. One thing we do know is that uh, on Wednesday afternoon, the preseason was cut uh, a couple games. I don't think Mm -hmm. that's necessarily going to hurt anyone's feelings overall uh, based on uh, the preseason, but uh, there's still a lot of questions when it comes to the NFL season, and we're going to try to do our best, uh, as we, we so often try to do here on the podcast, make our projections and predictions um, on whether or not some of these statements we're going to read are going to be true or false. And, Dylan, we've got uh, qu- quite a group here of statements that we're going to run through. Yeah, I'll have to uh, save this so that we can actually, as the season progresses, make sure we keep track of this. Uh, you know, we did a good job with our predictions for the actual season, and we'll do that again for the 2020 season a bit closer in terms of where teams will finish and all that stuff. But I think, these, yeah, these are some pretty good scenarios, hopefully a few different things. And, 
Yeah, uh, and, and yeah, in terms of the preseason stuff, I don't think, first of all, anyone's going to miss the last preseason game. That game was pretty uh, useless in terms of the players that <laughs> we see in it. But, yeah, it will be a bit of an adjustment. Uh, but I think two preseason games, maybe after this, will be, you know, franchises will be like, hey, this is probably actually the uh, <laughs> ideal number. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see. I, that wouldn't surprise me if we wind up with that going forward no matter what. Um, so, so we'll see. And I think as someone pointed out, uh, we'll get to him here in a minute, but uh, how how fitting is it that now Cam Newton's first preseason game with the Patriots will be in New England against the Panthers? How about that? So there you um, go. That's, meant to be. that's an interesting one. So uh, there you go. Um, all right, let's get into some of these true or false uh, statements here. And as uh, I was talking to Dylan before we started recording, this could be the dog episode of the podcast because uh, I've currently got two dogs right beside me, and they tend to get a little rowdy because uh, they want sports back too, and they get a little bored uh, when they don't have any. So uh, they're having some nice fun uh, being a little uh, rowdy over here, but uh, we're going to try to see if they hold off uh, for the majority of this podcast. All right, Dylan, here we go. Let's start. Uh, these are just in random order. We don't really have an, an order here. Uh, we just kind of put down a bunch of questions, statements that we're going to run through and, and think about some of these because they're interesting. And, and these aren't obvious ones. I think a lot of these are very, you know, more so you're probably going to have people that would go back and forth in terms of their response that they would have to mm-hmm. some of these. And so we're going to start uh, with one that I think is uh, pr- pretty, pretty juicy to start with here. And that is true or false. Jordan Love will start a meaningful game for the Packers <laughs> because we had on our sheet as Jordan Love will start a game. We're not counting week 17, something like that. Um, let's say, you know, if the Packers have a first-round bye or something locked up, they throw him in to start. Let's say Jordan Love will start a meaningful game at some point during the season for the Packers. Oh, you really jumped on the loophole that we had there. <laughs> That's exactly the scenario I was thinking to, to say it for. Uh, uh-huh. I, I mean – and also outside of injury, I guess, like, yeah, if, if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, then, yeah, Jordan yeah. Love will start some meaningful games. But if that's not the case, I'm going to say false. I don't think there's a way that Aaron Rodgers is playing at a level. This isn't like uh, – I'm just trying to think of maybe another scenario. Like Baker Mayfield, if he plays really poorly, maybe we see Case Keenum slotted in for a start or at least like a quarter or something just to kind of humble him a bit. I do not see the same scenario playing out uh, with Green Bay. I think as long as Aaron Rodgers is healthy – and the, the games matter. I think he'll be starting this year. I think Jordan Love, uh, you know, more of a long-term, obviously, kind of situation here for the Packers. They're not anticipating Aaron Rodgers' career is going to wrap up uh, really quickly. So, yeah, I'll go with false on this one. But uh, you, you did ruin my one, <laughs> the one, the one part that maybe would have made me slide true, but I don't even know if I – I don't know yeah. if I think the Packers will be Week 17 uh, sitting with a buyer or a one seed necessarily, so I was probably going to go false either way. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. I, I didn't think so either, but I wanted to add that in because I thought it made it a little tougher maybe to, to make the choice. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to go false too on this one. I'm going to say that um, I'll go false and say that uh, Aaron Rodgers, yeah, he gets to start the entire season. Obviously, we can't predict injuries, but uh, that's something if we just go by what we know now in terms of uh, talent, where they're at, uh, yeah, we'll both go false here on that one. All right, the next one, uh, another juicy one here. Uh, Antonio Brown will catch a touchdown pass in an NFL regular season game. How about that? Oh, this one's a little bit tougher. I know there's <laughs> the kind of the rumors surrounding the Ravens that have gone back and forth between them possibly being interested. I would have loved just for the headlines and the and the true uh, encapsulation of a franchise mode of batting coming into play if he went to the Buccaneers with Tom Brady. That would have been just too too on the nose. Um, and then also the Seahawks, I know have kind of been rumored a little bit. So I'll I'll go just you know I, I 
you know, that one game he played last year definitely showed up, and it looks – I feel like if he's on the field, he's going to be able to perform. So it's more of a question in my mind, not not just of will he catch a touchdown pass, but will he actually play? Because I think if he plays a game, yep. he's likely to score a touchdown pretty quickly. So I'll go I'll go with True. Mm. I just I, – because, I, you know, the storylines for it, the, we obviously Cam is one of the leading comeback player of the year narratives already in place now. Uh, but we have AD there as well. If he was able to uh, make a roster, and I think there's a lot of time still between now and the, the season starting, so mm. this could change a lot if if things uh, progress differently. But from by all accounts, in his personal life and things, he's kind of taking the proper steps to kind of move on from some of the things that were happening before. Yeah. And I feel like NFL teams, because there's this gap between players that have had off the field issues that. Um, this is just the reality of it, that if they're not, you know, a top-tier player, maybe they're not going to get that shot. I think Antonio Brown still has enough in the tank and his ability is still there that if, if a team is convinced uh, that's all behind him, they're going to take a shot on him and it's probably, you know, for a, a deal maybe that's not uh, really worth – or sorry, that's probably lower than what he's really worth, what he can provide on the field. So I'll go – yeah, I'll go with True on this one. I'm going to go false and the reason, <laughs> although I would love to see it because look, we were, yeah. the, we were the Antonio Brown podcast for like <laughs> the first three weeks of our podcast existence. Um, I'm going to go false though, because I wonder about the suspension. And I also, I don't know. I think there's, there's more unknowns, but I, I would love to see him back on the field, back to the old, you know, AB that he, he used to be yeah. in terms of uh, how he does on the field. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's, it's it's a tough one. <laughs> Although I agree, I think that one's tougher to predict than the the Jordan Love one. Um, but I'm gonna go false, maybe just slightly. Uh, although I'd like to see it. All right, this is another one that I think <laughs> we're start. Listen, we're starting off with the heavy hitters here. Um, yes. Colin Kaepernick will join an NFL roster before the regular season. Oh, just based on obviously things are a bit different right now. Um, <laughs> but I, I think based on historically from what we've seen, it's going to, I'm going to go with false. Not that I, I feel like he should get a shot. I feel like he should have gotten a shot a long time ago, obviously. Um, I, I do not buy into the narrative that he doesn't have enough to offer on the, on the football field, given obviously, you know, early in his career teams somewhat figured out what the Niners were doing with him and all the success he had early on in his career. And sure, his performance wasn't as high, but he's still – I have a hard time buying that in 2017, 18, 19 that he wasn't better than many of the backups on a lot of other rosters. Um, so I I am optimistic maybe personally that he's going to be on a roster at some point this season. But just historically, it's hard for me, based off what's happened the last few years, it's hard for me to say before the regular season we're going to see him on a team. Oh, man, this is – I'd say of the three, I think this is the toughest one for me. Because yeah. <laughs> I, man, I don't know. Like, I, oh, it's it's tough on this one. And you're right. It's it, The thing is, I don't know. Because I, I think I would probably lean more towards false, too, because of this reason. I think if it was a normal offseason plus everything else that's going on. So let's say it's a normal offseason season. Teams can actually be on the field. They're having all these in-person things. I think I would feel better about him going into somewhere and probably finding his way onto a team. But now I think it's so hard to project, you know, and we can, again, think about this. We we talk about this every time. It's like we project that the NFL is going to have, you know, something before the start of the season. Teams are going to go through this. Everything's going to be fine. But, mm-hmm. you know, as we're seeing things play out, I don't I don't feel as confident about that as I did maybe a month ago. And so 
I think this is very interesting in terms of, uh, I don't know. This, this is one I can't figure out, but eh, all right. I'm going to go false two here, um, but that's yeah. it's a tough one. Would, I yeah. would like to be proven wrong on this one. This is, yeah, it's just more of, I, I understand what you're saying. It's, yeah. it's just hard based on everything to predict and not like you're saying with the off season being what it is and teams not like even with Cam Newton from file accounts, him signing uh, took much longer. And these conversations kind of started a couple months ago, but because of the situation where they, where they can't really see the players, can't see them in person and the facility, all those things, yeah. it just adds another layer that's really tough. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'll go false too. We'll, we'll see how it unfolds, but I just think in a, maybe a regular off season, um, I don't know, like minus the the virus part of this, like I think it would probably be different because you would have maybe the normal part of the off season with, with you know, I think you'd probably maybe have more teams bringing them in and all that kind of stuff. There may be more opportunities. But what I don't what know. teams do you think would make the most sense at this point? I was trying to think of that uh, well. Yeah, I know. It's like I don't – I don't know if the Patriots were ever going to be one that made sense even before they, they signed Cam. But, I, you know, I know we talked – like, Anthony Lynn, I feel like he's one of the ones that has mentioned at some point in the offseason, like, they were at least going to consider bringing him in or something like that. Um, but I don't know. You know, it's it's hard to tell, I guess. Like, I could see the Chargers being – I mean, I know they just drafted Justin Herbert, but – you know, I mean, we're we're I think we're looking at this as though Tyrod Taylor is just going to be just step in and like be this, you know, guy that can just take them through the entire season. But I don't I don't know if that's necessarily the case. So I I don't know that I'd be surprised if you bring somebody like Kaepernick in just to to have a shot. And again, we're saying this before the regular season. So I mean, you know, who's to say that maybe he comes in for the preseason and then gets cut? Like I don't I don't know. Like it's there, yeah. there's lots of possibilities, and so. Uh, that's that, true. It's tough. I don't know, but we'll we'll both go false. But like I said, I that, this is a hard one I think to predict. So, um, <laughs> all right, as a lot of these are, maybe not this one. The Texans, <laughs> <laughs> the Texans will actually hire a general manager. Yeah, I, I put this in because I just love kind of messing uh, around about Bill O'Brien. I'm going to say false because what you know, if they were going to hire one, it probably would have happened by now. Um, I think. Maybe eh, the only way this is going to happen is if the Texans, like, start out really terribly. And I just, yeah, at this point, it's like, if there's no GM already, like, for all this time, is there going to be one when a Bill O'Brien is, you know, eventually maybe fired? I, that might be the only <laughs> time that they'll actually trigger hiring a GM and a coach. Yeah. So um, I'll say, you know, I, I'll actually, I, yeah, I wrote down true here, but I, I meant to put false. Um, I'm going to, yeah. At this point, I think they're at least going to let Bill O'Brien see out the season. As long as he's the coach, he's the acting GM, really, at this point, basically making all these moves himself, uh, which, uh, whether that's a good thing or not, I think a lot of Texans fans, if you get their point of view, will tell you it is not. (laughs) Well, I hate to go. I mean, it's going to be my fourth false in a row here. I feel like I'm just (laughs) all the hope of anyone that wants uh, any of these to be true. I'm just – but this is is no chance false. I think it's pretty easy here. Uh, the Texans, I'm sorry. We we know where I stand on the Texans. We know where we both stand on the Texans. The FC South is our brand here, but um, I just don't have a lot of faith in the Texans right now. So I'm going to say false on that one, uh, which brings us to another interesting one here. The NFL will have no fans in the stands for the entirety of the season. So, I mean, this one... 
uh, kind of difficult to predict because it's it's based not just on what the teams obviously want to do, which is having fans in some capacity, um, but also obviously the the COVID-19 cases spiking up again and uh, things shutting down again. uh, Many places, I think it's hard to predict by week, you know, 16, 17 or uh, later in the season. I, I guess I'll say, False, and it's almost this one. I know you're saying you have all these falses. This is like a <laughs> double negative makes a positive. Yeah, I'll say false because I I see the entirety of the season. We didn't specify. I didn't write down regular season. I have a hard time imagining there won't be at least like a some sort of separated group of fans at the Super Bowl. Yeah, um, and maybe even some playoff games in late in the season. I feel like from at least on the college level, I've seen USC and then uh, UCLA and some other schools are trying to have these like limited capacity games and they're figuring out how that will work and all that. But I think there'll be some, if, if, yeah, I mean, I think they'll find a way to get some fans in the stands. Uh, even in other countries, we've seen some limited capacity uh, crowds, obviously the cases and all those things are much lower in those places. But uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll just put this is more of a hopeful prediction that by the end of the season we'll see some fans in the stands in some capacity. Well, make it five for five. I'm going to go false here <laughs> uh, on this one because I'm with you. I think that at some point we are going to see fans in the stands. I don't know how many that's going to be, but because it's so hard to project out an entire, you know, four four month season basically mm-hmm. and, and not see any fans in the stands. I think even with everything that's going on, even with, you know, talking about as many cases there are going up around the country right now, I just still think there's going to come a point where there are going to be people in the stands. And I know it's one of the things talking about waivers and all that. Mm -hmm. Like, listen, the NFL will go to that extent. If, you know, to bring people in the stands, if you got to sign a waiver, sign a waiver. And you know how many people that will sign a waiver? A lot. Because they (laughs) want to go in and watch a football game. And if they're, you know, part of a smaller crowd, you know, basically it's like, all right, great. You know, why not? So, um, I, I just think it's a situation where there's probably going to be people in the stands. We're not health experts. We say that all the time now recently. But, <laughs> I mean, it's just it's one of those where I, I do think we're going to see some in there. And, again, we mm-hmm. don't know how many. But I just I don't think you're going to have just completely empty stadiums. Um, so I'll go false uh, on that one, too, because, I yeah, I just think it's one where it's it's hard to project out so many months ahead. But at the same time, you feel like maybe there's a point where somebody gets in the stands uh, is able to watch a game. But um, while there may not be any fans in the stands um, in NFL games here uh, at some point in the season, what there is is bet online, uh, where you don't have to worry about going to a stadium uh, and sitting in there to do your betting because you can do it all with our exclusive partners, betonline.ag, because they have no shortage of action going on over there. Sports slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is continuing to lead the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. Plus, if you need even more, they have the simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. If you're looking for something else other than sports, well, BetOnline's got you covered there, too, with hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. All you got to do is visit BetOnline.ag and use the promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, BLUEWIRE, for a free welcome bonus. That is BetOnline, your online wagering experts. All right. Well, if people have already uh, bet all of their money on some of these that we've uh, made here on our true-false statements, We've got more, and uh, we're going to go to the Chicago Bears for our next one. And that is Mitch Trubisky will start more games for the Bears this season than Nick 
Foles. Mm. This might be the I know I know we said the Kaepernick one is tough. This might be the toughest one for me. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. I just I, I see. So I see it kind of playing out in my head at least as a scenario where it's it's never it's not going to. I don't see it playing out like one guy starts the first six games and someone else takes over for ten. I see it fluctuating throughout the season as both QBs struggle. <laughs> yeah. uh, unfortunately, that's – I mean, I, I hope for their sake they don't. But I will say uh, – I guess I'll go with true. The Mitch <laughs> will actually start more than Foles. And that – maybe my, my interpretation would be different if Foles performed a little bit better in his limited Jacksonville action. Oof. But even when he came back, he just – it was so brutal. And I know that the weapons there aren't great, but I just – I have a feeling, I mean, Mitch has not performed all that well, obviously, but at least he's a little more durable and he's able to escape pressure a bit better. I don't know if Nick Foles, he's not hes not the most mobile guy. And I think that might not bode well with some of the, the lack of weapons they have and their offensive line not being absolutely fantastic and the, the lack of a really good running game. I don't mean to just keep barreling down <laughs> the Bears, but... Uh, yeah, I'll go with Mitch just edging fulls out. Maybe we'll get a couple other starts from another quarterback even. Uh, maybe it won't just be those two, but I'll, I'll go with True here. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Like, I don't know about this one. Like, it's uh, if you're a Bears fan, like, I don't know what you're thinking. If we, if we answer True or False, I, I don't know what you're thinking um, because I don't know that you feel great about it maybe either way. Uh, ah, man. Should I just – I don't know. I'm just going to keep the false streak going, but – I think I'm going to go with you, and I'm going to say true. I think that, you know, maybe with Nick Foles, like the injury situation, I know we said we can't project injuries and all that. Um, but, you know, it's one of those where maybe the Bears just put him out there and just let Trubisky, look, you got to try one more time. Like, this is it. <laughs> like, you get one more chance here, and and maybe this is the opportunity for you to, you know, earn your job, and, and maybe that pressure of, of adding Foles, puts a little bit on him and he, you know, he knows the offense better. We know that at this point. So maybe because of this off season, yeah, I don't know. True. So let's just go with that. Um, I hate to end the fall streak, but at the same time, look, it's just, I don't, I don't have any confidence in this one. Really. This is like you said, it's one of the toughest ones, uh, but uh, I'll go true there and we'll end the fall streak with that one. Good news. The fall streak going to be coming back on this one uh, <laughs> because uh, this one is somebody not named Patrick Mahomes. Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson will win the NFL MVP award. I just told you my answer. Not even I don't even have a second thought about it. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with false as well. I think I, I like to believe maybe it'll be someone else contending. Um, I mean, considering where we were last year, there there wasn't really a point uh, in the preseason that many people were predicting Lamar Jackson to win MVP. So things can change quickly. Um, but just, I mean, those three are kind of on this just other tier. I think Tom Brady has a shot if the, the Bucks finish in the top five offenses and he has a really, uh, you know, productive year with all their weapons and then the narrative added to it and, you know, probably a lot of other seasons where he could have won MVP instead. That's the one guy I'm kind of thinking of here. I, I just, I'm looking at the odds right now for other guys close, and I know Kyler's been kind of yeah. like that that really big dark horse. I just, that's a huge jump to say he's going to elevate beyond what Mahomes, Jackson and uh, Wilson all do. So uh, yeah, I'll say false, but with the, the caveat that I think narrative wise, Tom Brady has a chance to put up 
numbers that maybe aren't quite as good as those three, but because of the narrative, he could be the guy that would uh, make this uh, uh, turn over the other way. Yeah, we're going to both go uh, false on that one. That seems like one of the easiest ones we've had here on the list. Uh, the next one, the Atlanta Falcons will win more than eight games. How about this? Because I think I'm going to pull this up real quick. Our friends bet online. Um, let's see, the over seven and a half wins, uh, minus one thirty on bet online right now. The under seven and a half, plus one hundred. So, um, you know, the exact win total, five to nine, has the best odds, uh, minus two hundred here. So, basically, you know, we're thinking yeah. probably that eight to nine range here is what the betting odds are at least right now. I don't know. I. <laughs> I'm, lo- I'm looking uh, at their schedule, and I'm telling you, yeah. it's not easy. And not good. it's just, it's not easy. I feel like we probably went through their schedule when we did the Burning Question yeah. series. But mm-hmm. I'll tell you this. Think about it. I'll, we won't go through the whole schedule here, but here's something you have to think about. There, some of their road games, at the Cowboys, at the Packers, at the Vikings, at the Saints, at the Chiefs, at the Bucks. Like, that's six road games right there that they are going to be underdogs in. Every single one of them my, is my bet. So, you know, are they going to lose all of them? Maybe not. But at the same time, like, it ain't easy. And remember, they, that includes games they still have to play at home against the Saints, the Bucks. Um, they've got the Broncos in there. You know, we've talked about the Broncos. They've got, you know, the Seahawks. So, eh, I don't know. This is a tough one. Yeah, I was looking through the schedule, too. They are tied for the fifth toughest schedule based on records last year. And it may, I'm, if you had said, if we had worded this as yeah, so I was Falcons say. will win eight, <laughs> uh, eight or more, yeah. then I'm like, okay, maybe I'll go with true for that. Because I could see, I feel like 500 is a right, you, you set this like at the perfect spot. I know that you <laughs> said the odds are kind of more, probably closer to seven and a half, but maybe eight and a half is really that number that's like, man, you really can fluctuate. I, yeah, I'd like to be optimistic. Obviously, uh, if you've listened to some of the episodes, Last year, I was early in the season pretty optimistic about the Falcons. Quickly learned it was just going to be the same story, the same kind of disappointment we've, we've grown accustomed to the last couple of seasons from Atlanta and their offense. I I think they can rebound a bit on offense. I just don't trust their run, unless Todd Gurley is like really back to 2017 Todd Gurley, which is a lot to ask. Yeah. I, I, I don't know, man. And I, I, I don't know if the defense has improved enough. A schedule is probably the biggest thing. I'm going to go with false. I, you, you know, six, seven wins maybe I'll go with because, yeah, the, the the fact that you have to face the Saints and Bucks each twice now that the Bucks have their offense, obviously the defense was pretty underrated and really good last year, and you get the, the Cowboys and the Seahawks, um, and those having to face those as your two uh, teams you face from the other division. That's just so brutal, and that was because, again, we, we talked about this, I think, when we went over the divisions, is because they won that last second game in Week 17 in overtime against the Bucks. Yeah, It flipped those two uh, those two kind of wild card uh, games against the other divisions in the NFC to so having to face those two compared to two much lesser teams. That That's just such a big swing, and, yeah, the NFC North, by no, not an easy division by any means. Um, the other AFC West teams, too, just tough. So, yeah, I'll go with Paul's here. Four of their last six games are against the – hold on, five of their last seven games are against the Saints, Bucks, and Chiefs. So um, not going to be easy there on that one. So we'll see. I, I don't know. I'm going to go false too. I, I just think, like you said, if we just had the Falcons win at least eight games, I probably would have said, all right, maybe let's go through yeah. there. Eight games seems about right. But more than eight, that means they've got to go, you know, nine and seven or better. I can't probably bet on that right now. So – 
All right, the next one. Speaking of the Bucks, um, here's an interesting one, and I was looking at this and decided to add it because I thought it was kind of interesting when you, you look at where he's finished the past several years. Tom Brady mm-hmm. will finish in the top five in the NFL in passing yards. Now, he was seventh in the league in 2019 last season, seventh in 2018. He was first in 2017. Better weapons, some of the best weapons he's had, um, you know, I, you know, but I mean, he's a year older too. So mm-hmm. this is an interesting one. And I think it's, um, I, I don't know, like this is a hard one too, because a lot of it sometimes is based on the team you play on. And if they're winning a lot of games and not necessarily having to throw a lot, you know, sometimes that can affect overall passing yards too. So this is kind of a tough one. Yeah. I'm just be, based on the weapons they had, the fact he still finished seventh with, I know yeah. their offensive line in New England was good, but the that fact he finished seventh me. last year, yeah. yeah, that's really impressive Like you, for some of the reasons you mentioned. Also because some of the top quarterbacks are not, especially with Lamar Jackson, when you look at his numbers from last year, I'm not sure where he finished in total passing yards, but it probably wasn't insanely high because he just had so much usage on the ground and his yeah. total yards obviously were insane. Uh, but there's that factor. Yeah, 22nd. There you go. Yep. And then, and oh, yeah, so yeah, a lot of the, the lists and guys that get banged up and stuff. And Tom's obviously been able to stay on the field year after year. They obviously built up that offensive line better. They don't have the best rushing game, which is another part. I feel like even when they're winning, this is a team that's going to be uh, relying on the short passing game to to kind of maintain the ball, not just completely trying to run the ball uh, like some of the times in New England in the past. So I will go with true. We'll get a. Get one of the trues in here. Only, I think, my third of the whole uh, thing here. Uh, I'll go with, yeah, Tom at least getting into that top five. Top five last year was Jameis Winston, Dak Prescott, Jared Goff, Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan, and then Russell Wilson was the other one that was ahead of Brady. So, um, so yeah, that's um, – and really, he was the closest to Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson finished with 4,110. 4, Tom finished with 4,057. Then Matt Ryan was, you know – 300 or more yards better than Russell Wilson at, at 4,466. So um, I'm going to go true, too. I think just because of the weapons, uh, like we said, I you know, we'll, yeah. we, we don't expect Jameis to finish as the top. And and here's the thing. Tom's taken over for Jameis, who, you know, they're the same team. So Jameis was number one last year <laughs> with 5,109 yards. And so Tom is mm-hmm. now replacing him. So I'm not saying he's going to finish at the top, but you would think, you know, law of averages – Maybe still probably going to find a way to finish in the top five uh, with those weapons, but then again, you know they were they were having to come from behind a lot because he threw a lot of interceptions. So I don't know. We should calculate Jameis Winston's passing yards if you add return yards on picks last year and see what oh that comes out. <laughs> oh man, I, I was trying to figure out a way to have a Jameis Winston question, but uh, I guess we really didn't. You know, I don't know. I guess he made it, he made his way he made his way into the podcast on his on his yeah, own terms. Yeah, that's that that works. <laughs> but uh, all right, we go from Tom and the Bucks and Jameis and the Bucks to the Patriots, um, and this mm-hmm. one, which uh, <laughs> well, once again, we talked about this in our previous episode that was revolved around Cam Newton, which we'll get to him uh, here in a second. Actually, we're going to do the Cam question right after this one. Um, the Patriots will win the AFC East again. Oh, gosh. I mean, just based on our last episode, I kind of talked about how I think the Cam Newton factor, like before he signed, I definitely was going to pick the Bills. They're in my mind, even if, you know, there's a lot of time left. But they're the leader for sure. Um, And now, yeah, for a division prediction this early, uh, I mean, we'll see if anyone blames me if I I switch it before the season starts based on what actually happens leading up to the year. But I will go with true, and I hate to do this, as you know, because I'm a – 
Uh, the Buffalo Bills are my one of my unofficial teams on this podcast. I, I do have confidence they'll still be good enough to make the playoffs. I don't think, as you have seen um, in some places, people kind of think the, the Bills might have a 20, I guess 2018, was it? Yeah, 2018 Jaguars type season where they go from making the AFC title game to completely yep. just bottom out. I just don't see that with Sean McDermott and that defense. I still have questions about the offense. I still think they're good enough to make the playoffs. But I think if Cam this is going to tie into what I'm going to say in the next uh, question, um, I think if Cam's able to, to stay on the field uh, for most of the season, I, yeah, I just have a hard time with the Patriots' dominant defense. Still a pretty easy schedule overall. Not too insanely difficult. I'll go with New England uh, winning the division for the millionth time in a row. All right. I'm going to change my mind, too. I'm going to go true. Um, <laughs> I, I was all on the Bills bandwagon, but uh, I don't know. I think there are still questions about the Bills' offense, even with Stephon Diggs there. Um, and then the Patriots defense, you know, how does that equal out? And I don't, I don't know. I just, but then again, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like, are we under underestimating the the Tom Brady effect too, that he's not there. And I think that's another thing that you have to take into account, but when, when all else fails, I think you just default to the team that's proven it. And I think that's what you do here with the Patriots. And so, uh, we'll go with that. We're both going to say the Patriots are going to win the AFC East, but uh, I'm sure we'll change our mind 30 times before the season starts. <laughs> uh, speaking of that, next question, Cam Newton. We, we talked about in the previous episode and just a second ago. Cam Newton's going to start 10-plus games for the Patriots this season. Um, yeah, I'm going to go true. Uh, obviously, as someone who has not seen any medical <laughs> information or is not professional in that anyways. Uh, all that is taken into account here. I'm going to go through just mostly because I want to see it. <laughs> it's probably the biggest reason. Um, I'm, as I kind of talked about in our last episode, I'm really excited to see what they, uh, what Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick do with Cam and their offense. I think they're going to manage the hits, the load that he's going to be taking physically uh, with the way that they game plan. And, yeah, I, I just I, – I have as much as, you know, I, there was some, I think, AFC coach today, some coach in the division that said um, that, you know, the Patriots are really high in Stidham and don't sleep on him still playing quite a few games. I just, at this point, with his very limited action, I, I think so much would have to progress. That we have, and we've already kind of talked about how with the pandemic and the conditions that these teams are uh, preparing for the season, and it really makes that even more difficult for a guy like Jarrett Stidham to get ready and all the reps he's going to need. So, yeah, I'll go with Tam, uh, Cam uh, starting 10-plus games. And even going back to 2014 or 2018, I was surprised that he actually did start 14 games. I forgot that they yeah. really, even though his shoulder was uh, just hanging by a thread, they really just kept him in. Yeah, those last like four, you know, like four straight weeks where he just was not himself. So yeah, I'll go with him finding a way to get at least eleven, probably twelve, even more starts. Yeah, I'll go true. All we've talked about is how Belichick. You know, it seems like since he signed, we've revisited all the comments from Belichick, and it's like we forgot about those and really never paid attention to him because we never thought there was going to be a chance that Cam Newton would play for the Patriots. But I think you go back and look at everything Belichick's always said about him, and I think that's something where, you know, Patriots want to move towards a more mobile type of quarterback. They've got mm-hmm. the guy there now, and, uh, you know, like like you said, they look at how many games he started not long ago. It feels like it's been forever. That's the thing. It's like it feels yeah. like it's been five years since Cam Newton. Well, you know, it's just, I don't know. It feels like one of those things, so. One thing I think people, yeah, like this kind of injury-prone uh, label has been here, but we kind of talked about how he just was getting hit for the first five years of his career twice as much as any other quarterback. And then you look until until last season where he only started those first two games. He started at least 14 games every year of his career, despite despite all the hits he's taken. He's been insanely durable and fought through a ton of injuries. So 
yeah, I don't. I think the the narrative, like you said, it feels like it's been so long. But then you look at his, uh, you know, over the course of his career, sixteen games, sixteen starts, yeah. basically the whole list minus a couple of misses here and there for minor injuries. So the, the man's been on the field for outside these two injuries the entire time. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's. It just feels like that's if he's healthy, that he's gonna he's gonna be on the field. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll both go true there on that one. All right, another quarterback theme. We've been on the quarterback theme here for a while, but uh, listen, that's that's who we talk about, right? Uh, I think this one's kind of interesting. And we're going to also add this caveat, too, the one we did earlier with Jordan Love, is we're going to say meaningful games. Marcus Mariota will start at least two meaningful games for the Raiders uh, this season. You had to add that caveat. Yes, oh, my gosh. I was so ready to say no, it's true. That's too easy. We're not, we're not making this easy here. It's got to be... Because here's what I think. I think that it's very – I'm going to say true because I think there there could be situations where, you know, we know there's been frustration between John Gruden and Derek Carr before. We know Gruden talks him up, all this other stuff. But, like, if that offense isn't clicking, like, now they're in a situation where they have someone, I think, that they feel like they can put into the game. And, look, Mariota wasn't great for the Titans, but – you know, he's still probably at this point one of the better backups in the NFL when you think yeah. about it. So I don't think Gruden would be hesitant to, to pull him, pull Carr. And, again, maybe it's a situation where Carr's the starter every single game, but yet, you know, we see Mariota mm-hmm. come in at some point and maybe he doesn't wind up starting games. But I'm going to say there is a point where if the Raiders struggle, and if we're looking at that division, we've already said, we think the Broncos are the team that are on the way up. The Chiefs are going to be the best team. The Chargers, you still don't know. We think the Raiders are going to be okay, but I don't really see the movement with the Raiders that I do with the Broncos. And so if they're in that middle of the road somewhere and they're just not getting better on offense, and, and I mean, look, I I don't know. Like, I, I look at the Raiders, you know, they've got Ruggs now, they've got Josh Jacobs, but I think there's still something on offense that's missing. And, and I'm not saying Mariota's that guy. But at the same time, yeah. I think that there could very well be a situation where they get frustrated, maybe lose a couple games they shouldn't. They throw Mariota in there for a couple weeks. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. But I don't know that I necessarily see Derek Carr starting every game for him. Oh, it's a tough one. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna mostly because we've I think only differed one time this entire time. <laughs> I'm gonna say false. Um, I'm gonna say Derek Carr finds a way to make it work, and I think. Um, overall, over the course of the season, I, I think I, it's partially too. I, as much as I'm saying it's because I want to finally disagree with you. I also think that, it, yeah, likely the first time Mariota sees the field will be in uh, in uh, filling in for uh, Derek Carr. So this is all kind of like one of the earlier ones, not including injuries. When you get two legit starts over Derek Carr, and I think he'll maybe at some point fill in for Derek if he's struggling. I just don't see the offense operating at a higher level than what Carr is able to provide. So that's probably why I'm going to go with false in terms. Maybe he'll get one start after that that game that he fills in for Derek, but then it doesn't go well, then he'll go back to yeah. Carr. So, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with false on this one. All right. Well, we, we have to disagree <laughs> at some point. So there you go. Um, all right, this next one I find interesting, and we're gonna. I, I'm actually gonna. I'm gonna expand on this in a second. But uh, all right, here's the here's the first one. It's will all four teams from any one division make the playoffs? Because now they can technically do that. Yeah, they, we've only seen a few in the past of three teams making it uh, from a single division. I think the most recent one that comes to mind for me was the AFC South not that long ago. I think it was the Panthers, Falcons, and. Uh, 
and Saints. Um, and they all played on wildcard weekends here, which is kind of crazy. I, oh, I, the, the divisions that come to mind, um, for me that could make this possible, uh, just off the top of my head, maybe the NFC West, if the Cardinals really yeah. take a jump. But the, the, the issue with this, I, I know I put this kind of just because it's finally possible. And I, it is, I, I've always been interested by years where there's three playoff teams, like how strong some of these divisions are, just randomly are year to year. I have a hard time seeing no uh, second place team from any other division making it because that's what would have to happen, right? Like they'd have, they'd own all three of the wild card spots. So, and the NFC, that means if every team from the West made it, that means the Bucks aren't making it first of all. Yeah. The Vikings or the Packers aren't making it, and so the, just from there, it becomes really tough to pick one division. Um, and then the AFC, maybe it's more possible there because of the variability of some of these divisions, like in like in theory. <laughs> Like the, the the AFC South could be really average, and someone yeah. could go nine and seven and win the division. The Chiefs could be easily the best AFC West team, and the Broncos and Chargers and Raiders don't live up to what we hope they can do. And then the same case in the AFC, where one team kind of uh, drives through between the Bills and Patriots, the other one isn't meeting up expectations. And then yeah. our grand AFC North, <laughs> our our lovely AFC North, and the yeah. the Browns, you know, finally figured out maybe Joe Burrow replicate some of the success and they go nine and seven and eat their way in. So that's the only one I could possibly think uh, could work um, both sides, but I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll go with just because the odds are not in my favor. I'm going to go with false. All right. So I'm going to go with false too on this one, but I mm-hmm. think something that's interesting is how about this? Let, let's, let's maybe make this a little more interesting. Let's say will three teams from either mm-hmm. the NFC West or the NFC South make the playoffs? Ooh. I, I would say I'd yes. I think I would do. say true. Because I think there's a scenario where Rams, Seahawks, 49ers all make it, or mm-hmm. Bucks, uh, Saints, Falcons make it. So I, yeah, I think that's highly possible. I could possible. see that. So the only thing, again, is that, I mean, I guess the Packers didn't make the playoffs two years ago, but if that's the case on either side, that means that some combination of, let's say that it's the NFC South, that means some combination of the Seahawks, Vikings, and then whoever doesn't win the NFC East between the Eagles and Cowboys all aren't making it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I could, but I'll, I'll go with true on that one. I, yeah, I could see, maybe I'm just too optimistic about the Rams getting back to, I mean, they, they went nine and seven last year and didn't look great. If they can go 10 and six, that should be enough. So maybe, yeah, the NFC West finds a way to get three. So I'll go true there. Listen, I'm worried about the NFC North. I'm just, just saying that right now. I'm like, yeah. Bear, the Bears <laughs> for that team last year, everybody's like, oh, well, the Bears going to make play. I'm like, and, you know, you know we, how we were like, we don't think they're going to make it. And so, like, yeah, I, schedule. like, I can see that with the Packers or the Vikings this year. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know which one it's going to be. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm not, I, I think it's, I think it's possible. So, and I don't think the Bears are going to be very good. So, um, I don't know, but then again, it could be flipped. You could you could see the Vikings, the Packers, and the Bears maybe all make the playoffs. So maybe that's the division. So I don't know. NFC. Yeah. We've always talked about the NFC. It's much harder to figure out because I think you got a lot of teams that are very close together. Whereas in the AFC, like it feels like it's Chiefs, Ravens, everyone else. And so like <laughs> I mean, even with the Titans, yeah. I'm sorry, Titans fans. I know you got to the AFC Championship game, but 
Like, that's how it feels going into the season. So, um, I don't know. Like, it's just one of those things. And, and maybe the Patriots. Like, now, maybe the Patriots are back in that conversation. So, uh, I don't know. But we'll see. All right. Let's wrap up with this one because I think this is one that, uh, you know, we build up to this one because it's uh, kind of very important. Uh, and it probably ter- determines everything else we've talked about up to this point, <laughs> if you think about it. All right. The NFL will play a full 16-game regular season. Oh, my gosh. Well, we it is fitting on the day that we lower this to <laughs> yes. uh, the two preseason games right. that we talk about this. And I know I, – I think they will because of the uh, – well, at this point, it, we'll see, though, I guess. it's It, it might change a bit if there's compli- uh, major complications with the NBA, NHL, and – MLB in there uh, for the comebacks of the two seasons and the start of the other. If those have complications, that could push it back. I know they, at least from the when the schedule came out, one of the big uh, kind of parts of it uh, that made it work where this still would be the case is they, they built it in, and I think I said this on the podcast right at the time, they built it in so weeks one, two, three, and four could literally be like chopped off the front of the schedule and thrown onto the back part in January and then push everything back. The season would start early October if they had to. Um, but I, I think I think they're just going to start on time, and whether there's no fans and that's just the case, I think they're going to be able to fight through that. So, all, in in some capacity, either they either them moving the schedule back, like they built it in, so they have that ability to do so, or keeping it the same and there being less fans. I'll go with true, and again, maybe this is just my own optimism and hope for the season, <laughs> having a bit of a bias here, but. Uh, even with other things happening, I feel like it's fairly re- reasonable. There's so much money on the line too for the NFL. Yeah. Uh, every and it's not just fans in the stands. I, I know that is, has a huge impact on revenue for each uh, game day and the impact there. But uh, the TV money is just so massive. So I, I feel I feel like they're going to find a way to get 16 games in. Oh boy, um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I. I... I go back yeah. and forth on this, and I, you know, I'm, I was reading something came out uh, here about like South Carolina, for example. And of course, for SEC football, we know. I mean, it's yep. you know, it's something that look if, it, if there's a way to play football, SEC is going to play football. But you know, you had the South Carolina governor coming out and saying there's not going to be any college or high school football games if these trends continue in terms of where the cases are now. Um, you know, and it's my thing is. Are, are are those trends going to go up or down? Because the way I see it is, is hotter the hotter it gets, I think the more people are going to go out. And, you know, it's like, I, I don't know, man. And it's, um, like we said, and we, 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 we say this, like we're not medical experts, and we, we've said that, and it's impossible to predict. But I think what you said is important, too, and that is that there is a lot of money on the line, mm-hmm. and I don't know that they will not find a way to play these games. But I do think that the NBA restart is going to tell us a lot about where things go from here. And let's just be honest, the NBA restart isn't exactly going smoothly right now when it comes to, (laughs) um, you know, what the initial expectations were and what it could look like now once they get started at the end of the month. But I will say true, but I'm telling you, I I'm leaning much more towards false than I probably have before. And if you ask me, you know, a week from now, my answer is yeah, probably, this one could probably change. change. Yeah, because I I'm not as confident anymore as I as I was before, and I don't know what that altered season looks like. But at the same time, I my confidence level in there being a full season right now, um, whether you think there should be or not, that's completely irrelevant. I think it's just is there going to be period. 
Um, you know, you can have different thoughts on it one way or the other, whether they should play or what you think about all everything going uh-huh. on. But at the same time, like it's there's a lot of liability stuff that goes into this, and <laughs> I just I don't know, man. It's it's going to be interesting for sure. Yeah, and it's it's not like I mean for the NBA this is kind of the case too um, in terms of the contact, but this isn't as much as it still can be passed in baseball. At least there's some natural social yeah. distancing happening yeah. um, a little bit. Uh, where uh, just yeah, with the nature of football and basketball in particular, it's just like these guys are right on top of each other. There's just no, I don't know. The testing is going to have to be in a place, and maybe by the time the NFL season starts, they have that extra advantage of a couple more months, and even now this one week of the preseason being cut off. Um, maybe by then these teams will be at least in a place where individually they can test to the point of where they feel confident quickly putting people on the field, knowing everyone that's down there is, uh, does not have the virus. So that yeah, that's going to play a big role. But, yeah, there are complications. There's already the stories coming out about teams possibly flying to games on the day of the game, which yeah. is just the most ridiculous thing I've, <laughs> I've heard. Like, I can't imagine, like, flying across the country and then playing an NFL football game, let alone playing an NFL football game yeah. in the first place. No. Oh, man, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's complicated. I Yeah, it's, it's just, again, I think the money thing is what, what it's going to ultimately come down to. I think they'll find a way. But like you said, the liabilities are – they're out there, and yeah, um, and I will say that at least for the NFL compared to college football, the the amount of the fan part, I feel like I mean obviously the TV money in college football is still huge, but I, I feel like the importance of those game days to the revenues of those of those uh, schools and those uh, towns for a lot of college football teams having fans in the stands means more than probably the NFL does to their overall bottom line at the end of the day. So the, the fact that they can go throughout a season and feel comfortable not having people at all, even though we said in some capacity we think they will find a way to get some fans in the stands, I, I do think that helps at least a bit. Uh, but again, yeah, the travel part, it's not like the MLB too where they're they're segmenting it so that their schedules are only within like basically their regions for the most part. Yeah. Um, there's not a ton of travel across country outside of some teams traveling to Texas for the West divisions, but yeah, that's the only, that's the one thing. The travel part for me is that that's a complication they're going to have to figure out. And they're going to have to really have a, a really good plan in place to feel comfortable for these guys going to, you know, they can't be flying the day of the game. I, I saw that. And I was like, how the heck is that going to possibly work? It's just, they have to figure out a way to get them, have a system where they're, they're flying and they're, whether they're quarantined for how many days, whatever they have to do. I, I feel like they have to figure that out because that, that's just not going to work. Yeah. I was thinking, because we were looking earlier at the Falcons schedule, the Falcons play at the Chargers. Like, can you imagine that Falcons going from, from there and playing in, in L.A. there on, on the same day. Like, try, I Seattle don't know. down to Atlanta. Too, yeah, right. right, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> so I forgot about that. Seattle goes to Atlanta week one. That's so, yeah. like the mm. corners of the country. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so there you go. I don't, I don't know. But I, I we both said true, but I think we both pretty much – look, I don't, I, don't, I don't feel confident about that at all. So uh, we'll see. But that's why we're not making those decisions, and that why, that's why we are doing a podcast. But uh, that will wrap up this episode of the podcast. A little bit longer one here, but uh, we are going to be off for, the, uh, of course, the holiday. Nice uh, Fourth of July weekend. So no podcast next Monday. We will come back or next Tuesday, right? Oh, I get my days mixed up. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. No podcast Monday. We'll be back Wednesday. Yeah. No, no podcast. We'll be back uh, next week with our, our next episode of the podcast. So you guys get a little bit longer one uh, here when it comes to uh, heading into the holiday weekend. So if you're traveling, a few more minutes uh, to listen to. But for everything else, uh, we've got a lot of great stuff going on over at Clutch Points, Dylan, uh, trying to figure out all of these restarts in various sports and uh, <laughs> trying to prepare for the start of the NFL season. 
you can read about the NFL at clutchpoints.com at the NFL section there. Still uh, some things, even though less news, more so on the NBA side. Tons of stuff now coming out with a lot of the interviews of players that are starting to report uh, back to their cities and eventually down to uh, Orlando. So we got that all covered. You can also follow when those games finally happen for the NBA, MLB, and eventually the NFL in our Clutch Points app. Our, our podcast can be found both on the website and the app, and all of our NFL articles, all our NBA articles, everything can be uh, also found in the app. Yep, be sure to check that out. And uh, if you're looking for a stat for the weekend, I'm going to throw this in real quick because there was a great stat thread going up on Twitter uh, when it comes to uh, mm-hmm. ESPN's Peter Burns put out a great tweet. He was asking, uh, what's your favorite random sports stat that blows your mind every time you see it? Field Yates, I think, had the winner. And that is the fact that Larry Fitzgerald, the Arizona Cardinals, has more career tackles, 40, than he does drops at 29. So there you go. It's ridiculous. That is insane. Uh, <laughs> I just don't even know. Let me throw, throw one non-football one in that I just saw today. It was also ridiculous, but uh, because we do have some baseball content here at Clutch Points, I saw that Greg Maddox has more wins in his career than 3-0 counts. Wow. that That's <laughs> nuts. Like, that's – listen, you remember how great the, those Braves teams were. My goodness. And, of course, he yeah. – mm, yeah, he had a lot of wins. But, no, that – that Larry Fitzgerald one. If you're a football fan, think about yeah. that. Just just think about that it's this ridiculous. weekend. Just sit there and be like, this guy has played this many seasons as a wide receiver, and he has more tackles than drops. With the quarterbacks. With yes. the quarterbacks, he's sad. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah. Those tackles. Coming up next week on the podcast, the Larry Fitzgerald episode, uh, because uh, he, he deserves one in and of itself. But uh, there you go. Check out all the great stuff going on at Clutch Points. Uh, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast, any podcast app you use. Uh, just uh, search for it there. And thanks, as always, to the five folks at uh, Blue Wire and Bet Online for all that they do. And thank you guys, as always, for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next time here on the Established the Past podcast. For the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com/safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.